I just love reading the scriptures because, you know, we're starting to see things come alive, you know. Uh, you know, once upon a time, we read the scripture, well, that would have been amazing back in those days when those things happened. I'd love to have been there. And would that have been great? Well, we're starting to see things happen in our own time. Go, we are there. And uh, <laughs> it's awesome. But, you know, this is why I like this uh, whole series, Jesus, Our Healer, because it brings to life that we got hope. It brings to life that God is with us. You know, that he hasn't left us, you know, and we've got to keep that in the forefront of our mind, those things that Jesus is for us. In Matthew 9, 35, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus didn't leave anybody out. Jesus doesn't leave you out today. If you're feeling left out today, I'm telling you, Jesus is with you. Jesus is for you. It says he went about all the cities, not just some. He was, oh, I'll go to that one. No, I'll I went to all the cities and the villages teaching. So that's a word for somebody there today. God has not forgotten you. Uh, you know, but the thing is, wherever Jesus went, he demonstrated the kingdom, the power of God. He moved in that power. And we could expect that to happen right now, today even, even in this meeting. We can expect that. We need to have that expectancy. Let's see the Bible come to life for real. You know, I, I, when I grew up, I was in a uh, church where we spoke about healing. You know, we spoke the scriptures. And we kind of believed in principle that God could heal. But we never practiced praying for people so much for healing individually. It wasn't until later on that I realized that, hey, if Jesus said it, let's believe it. Let's go for it. And let's lay hands on the sick. Jesus laid hands on the sick wherever he went and people were healed. Actually, there's only one place where it really didn't happen that much, and that's in Mark 6, chapter 5. It said, this is in his own town. He says, And he could do no work of power there, except they had laid his hands on a few sick ones, and he healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. You see, when there's unbelief happening, it shuts down the power of God, because God works in the power of belief, in faith. Have faith, only believe Jesus said. And when we understand that, we operate in that, we will see the power of God move. And this morning, I want to bring to you a story, which is quite a long passage. And, and uh, I don't like to read long passages. I'm not the best reader in the world, but I have to sort of do some sort of justice to this. I like short verses, and then I can talk a lot. And, uh, but when I've got to do a lot of scripture, I talk little. And, uh, but that's, that's, that's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> But I want to take you this morning to um, John chapter 11, and it's the story of Lazarus, because this is an amazing story, this, and um, Jesus' biggest miracle, you know, uh, we saw some great miracles through the book of John, you know, amazing stuff, but this is Jesus' big, biggest miracles, the raising of Lazarus. In fact, when I was just looking through last night, and I don't know if this means any, but I know God uh, does some incredible things, and... Um, I typed in, how many miracles did Jesus do? And it came up 37. And I thought, that's a very interesting number, because if you know throughout the scriptures, God uses numbers like seven days, uh, seven colors of rain, but everything's all in numbers right through as a sequence. And number 37 actually represents the word of God. And I thought, wow, here we are, 37 miracles, the word of God. He is the word. Jesus is the word of God. And he created these miracles. And as I went further down, I, I was looking to see where Lazarus, the miracle, was in a chronological order, and he was number 33. And I thought, well, this is interesting, because that was the age that Jesus was when he died, when he 
uh, died and rose again. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Just a little side thing there for you. <laughs> but it's more, let's get into the scriptures. So if you've got your Bibles with you, let's look at John chapter 11. Uh, we'll start at verse 1 right through to 16, and we'll carry on a bit further on. Let's see how we go here. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> and there was a certain sick one, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Uh, Lazarus of Bethany, yeah, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Then his sister sent him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard, he said, This sickness is not to death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God might be glorified by it. And Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Therefore, when he had heard that he was sick, then indeed he remained two days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, Let us go into Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews lately have sought to stone you, and you want to go there again? Jesus answered, and, and, <clears throat> excuse me. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. He said these things, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. But Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought he had spoken of taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Sometimes they've got to be clear to these disciples, don't they? They didn't quite wake up to it. And uh, verse 15, And I'm glad for your sakes, Jesus said, that I was not there in order that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, he being called twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. That sounds pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty full on there of Thomas. Basically, the background of that in the passage before, we find that uh, Jesus was ministering, and of course, the Pharisees were there and wanted to stone him, and they removed themselves from there. So uh, Thomas is thinking, okay, if we're going back there, we're going to die. <laughs> and so we're all prepared to die with you. And I thought, well, that's pretty brave, Thomas. And uh, he's known as a doubting Thomas, but anyway, that's all right. But okay, we want to, I want to have a look at this passage because there's so much in this, and uh, uh, I'm just going to start where I'm going to start and see how we go. But I found it very interesting, first of all, uh, Jesus' reaction to this, because here he is, word comes to him, he is in a, he's, he's, not, he's nowhere near Bethany where uh, Lazarus has just died, and uh, he gets this word. And his first thing he says, when Jesus heard, he says, this sickness is not to death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God might be glorified by it. So here he is with the other disciples. He gets word that Lazarus, your best friend, has died. Jesus' first comment is, this sickness is not unto death. He knew that, hey, this, I'm going to show you something here. I'm going to show you something. Where the disciples themselves would have been upset, kind of like concerned, like, Jesus, what are we going to do? Your best friend's died, you know, and he says, this sickness is not under death. You know, how many people know that God assures you in times of trouble that he's with you still? Don't worry, guys, the sickness is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God so that the Son of Man might be glorified by it. See, Jesus already knew what was going to happen. You know, this is the great thing about Jesus. He's already seen it. 
And that's why you could have confidence in saying this is not unto death. I remember having those same words for a gentleman in our congregation years ago, going through uh, cancer, and uh, everyone was kind of like praying and worrying. And I thought, let's not worry. Let's just pray. Let's believe. And I remember those specific words. Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. And I spoke it to him, and he's recovered. And I thought, wow, this is good. The word of God is all-powerful. But uh, this sickness, as it says here, uh, was for the glory of God. This was to demonstrate the power of God, uh, that Jesus is God, and they'd be glorified by it. And um, it says also in, in uh, John 5.19, uh, you know, when we look at this passage, Jesus had these confidence. And if you look at other passages, Jesus went and spent most of his time in prayer. And it says in those prayer times, the Father spoke to him. The Father revealed to him what his day was going to look like. Because it says in John 5.19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but only what he sees the Father do. For whatever things he does, those also the Son will do. So Jesus would have seen already that the Father was going to raise Lazarus. So he could speak with confidence and say, he's not dead. He's, he's, he's going to be alive. But we find a lot of interesting things in this passage. Because here is Jesus, and it says that Jesus loved Martha and sister and Lazarus. Because so, he spent a lot of time with them, in and out from Jerusalem back to their house, and probably had a few parties. And, uh, <laughs> but he had a good relationship with Martha and his sister Mary and Lazarus. So here is well known to him. It wasn't like there were some randoms. It's well known to him. And he gets this word and, um, that Lazarus has died. So what would your response be if you, if you were Jesus and you'd just been told that your, one of your best friends have just died? What would your response be? Like, well, okay, guys, we've got to pack up bags and now we've got to move. We've got to get back to the family. They're grieving. We need to be there to comfort them. We need to help them. That's where probably most of you would be thinking. Or you get on the phone. Hey, how's it? Sorry to hear the news. You know, uh, We'd be like that. But look what Jesus did. This is quite incredible. See, Jesus... Um, was actually uh, in a place called Bethabara. This is where he got baptized. It's beyond the Jordan, probably about 30 kilometers from where Lazarus was. So it was a day's journey. So it was quite a distance away. And, um, but Jesus' response was this. It says, Therefore, when he had heard that he was sick, okay, think about this. Therefore, when he heard that he was sick, he didn't say, right, let's race off, let's get back there. He said, he remained two more days. You go, hang on, Jesus, did, did you not get the news? He's dead, you know, we've got to get back there. Uh, no, no, it's like, no, we, we remain two more days. And uh, you go, What's, what was Jesus thinking? Why was that, you know, the disciples must have been going like, Jesus, you know, do, don't you care for the family? You know, there's Mary and Martha back there. The brothers died and you're not even making an attempt to go back. In fact, he says, then after he says to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews lately have sought to stone you and you want to go there again? So here's Jesus not even talking about Lazarus. He said, no, we're just going to go back into Judea where he'd just been preaching the word and things like that. And uh, the disciples going, I'm getting a bit worried about Jesus here. Like, what's, what's his plan? You know, we, we, his friends died and he's just concerned about going back into Judea. But let's have a look at this for a second. Let me just bring this, uh, break this down for you to give you an understanding. So day one, 
we see the word was sent to Jesus. Now, it took about a day. So it would have taken a day. Lazarus had died. They've traveled out to find Jesus one day, first day, and said, look, he's died. Day two and three, Jesus said, we're going to stay here. We're not going anywhere. Day three would have taken a whole trip, a whole day to get back to Bethany. And uh, they arrive on day four where he has been dead now in the tomb. Four days, four days uh, he was dead. Now, according to, this doesn't make sense unless you understand some of the, the uh, Jewish beliefs. The Jewish beliefs was that when a person died, the body left their spirit, but it could hover around the body for about three days, roughly. On the fourth day, it's all gone and the body will start to decay. There's no hope for you after that. It's like that. But any time, day one, two or three, the spirit could find its body again, you can come back to life. That was the kind of belief that they had. And Jesus would have been aware of that belief. So what Jesus was doing was going like, now if I rock up on the first day or the second day and Jesus comes to life, sorry, Lazarus comes to life, they're going to go, well, the spirit just found its body again. You know, it wasn't Jesus. It was just coincidence. If I came back on the third day, well, uh, you know, still in that time frame, you know, he could have, you know. That. But Jesus waited until he was dead, 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 real dead. You know, he can't get any more dead to the, to the understanding of the Jewish people before he came in. It says in, um, in, in verse 17, then when Jesus came, he found him already being held in the tomb four days, four days. So this dead body in there, he's dead, 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 and uh, real dead. Uh, if you didn't get that, he's dead. And, uh, and uh, he waited for that moment because he was going to reveal the glory of God. He needed to show something to these people that I'm not bound by your, your religious thoughts, your, your meanings, your understandings. I am God of the universe. I can do anything I like. Isn't that good? Wouldn't that be good to that? I have the power to do everything. <laughs> Um, so we, we pick up the story back in verse 20. We see uh, Jesus re- returned to Bethany, and it says Martha heard that Jesus was coming. She met him, and, uh, but Mary was sitting in the house. It's very interesting. One, the two different responses. They hear that Jesus has returned, and Martha takes off, bolts off to meet him, and uh, Mary's just sitting there. Now, Mary's one that sat at Jesus' feet, listened to his teaching and all that. It almost implies that she was kind of very disappointed, very disappointed that he wasn't there. Because the scripture tells us, you know, uh, a bit further on, it says, if you had been here. Well, first of all, Martha said this. Martha um, uh, said when he met Jesus, when she ran out to meet Jesus, sorry, excuse me, well, when she went to meet, um, when Martha went to, went to meet Jesus, he, she said this, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It was almost like it's your fault. It's almost like, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. This all happened because you weren't here. Unlike the centurion, you know, she was very limited in her thinking. She thought, well, Jesus had to be here to see the healing, to have the healing take place. Unlike the centurion in Matthew chapter 8, verse 8, where he had a different sort of faith, he said, but only speak the word and the boy will be healed. His son was sick and he said to Jesus, you know, come he didn't say, come to my house and do this. Jesus said, I will come to your house. But he said, no, just say the word and he'll be healed. There is power in the word. There is power in spoken word and you shall be healed. 
But let's not give up on Martha here because Martha said, if only you'd been here. But when we go on further in verse 22, she says, but I know that even now, whatever you will ask of God, God will give you. So she's making a statement of faith. I know that. I may not understand it, but I know. Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. We all know that. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And Martha said to him, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. She was only to understand that, of course, my, my brother will rise in the resurrection, but Jesus says, I am the resurrection. That means I have all power and authority to decide when that happens. So what was Mary's response? Once again, Mary had the same response. If you had been there, my brother would not have died. And this is the thought between Martha and Mary and even some of the disciples. If Jesus, if you had been there. See, Mary seemed very upset, like you... You had an opportunity. You could have been there, you know, but you weren't. Same words Martha had said. But how often is that for us the same sort of thing? How often do we say things like, Jesus, if you've been here, if Jesus, if you understood, if Jesus, if only you cared, these things wouldn't happen. You know, we can kind of relate to that sometimes. We, we get ourselves in that place. If Jesus, if you really liked me, if you really cared about me, Jesus does. The truth is, he is here. He does care and he understands for you this morning. Jesus sees and feels your pain. He saw and felt the pain of Martha and Mary and the other people that are around there because it says they, they were weeping. And Jesus saw the weeping of these people. And you know what it says? The shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. He was stirred. He was moved by compassion because he saw what was happening with these people. Even though he knew what was going to happen. He was moved by these people because he cares about people. He loves people. The good news is this morning, he feels your pain, but guess what? He doesn't leave you there. He doesn't leave you there, and he didn't leave Martha and, and Mary and the others there either. As the verse goes on, let's pick up verse 39. Jesus said, when he arrived at the tomb, he said, Take away the stone, Martha, the sister of whom who died. Um, and she said, Lord, by this time, he stinks. Or if you've got the K, uh, King James Version, he stinketh. <laughs> For it is the fourth day. Verse 40. Jesus answered her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? I'm telling you, that's a word for somebody here. If you would believe, you would see the glory of God. You've not waited. You've not waited it out. You're going, it's not happening, so I'm just going to make it happen. But if you would just wait, you will see the glory of God. God works in his time, not your time. Then he took away the stone where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you hear me always. But because of the people who stand by, I said, so that they may believe that you have sent me. And saying these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, here, outside. 
And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with sheets, and his face was bound with a cloth. Jesus said to him, untie him and let him go. What an amazing picture. The stones rolled away, and Jesus just says these words, Lazarus, come out, come out. And you notice he, he didn't just say, hey, come out. He said, Lazarus, because if he, said, if he hadn't said the name Lazarus, every dead body in the ground would have come out, I'm sure. <laughs> Lazarus come out. It was Lazarus and Lazarus only. You imagine that because we know reference to that in Matthew where when Jesus died on the cross, the tombs were open and people came out of the ground. Pretty freaky. It would have been amazing. Um, but the thing is, so here comes Lazarus bound up. I don't know if he walked like that. But <laughs> um, and you can imagine the look on their face. Jesus has been telling them all along, if only you believe, you will see. I'm going to raise him. He, he told them beforehand, he is not dead. I tell you, he is not dead, he's, he is alive. And now, he's made the proclamation of all that, he's proclaimed it all, and now they're going to see it. Lazarus comes out, outbound, wrapped up as a dead body. And uh, I don't know if he stunk or not, but they were expecting him to, but I think the, the new body, the resurrected body, would, would have uh, smelled a lot better, I'm sure. <laughs> But the thing is, we see here Lazarus coming forward. Now, when you think about it, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus could even move the stone if he wanted to. Jesus could have got him to walk through walls. Jesus could have had him all unwrapped, already all nicely presented when he came out. <laughs> he didn't do any of that. Why didn't he do that? I remember hearing a message from J. John talking about this. He says, because Jesus likes to work with his people with the miracle. Jesus likes to work with those that he loves in the miracle. So he got them to move the stone away. See, that is an act of faith as well. If you didn't really believe, you'd be going, there's nothing recorded there that says, anyone complains, said, no, don't, we're not going to move that stone, Jesus. That's ridiculous. Nobody comes back to life. They're all dead, dead, dead. Four days, he's dead. And, uh, uh, but there's no record of that. They listened to what Jesus said and they did what Jesus said moved away. So they got them involved. And as an act of faith, they moved the stone away. And then when Lazarus comes out, all wrapped up, he said to them, untie him and let him go. Uh, take off all the binders around him, all the cloth whatever he had on him. Take it off. He got them all involved because he wanted them to see the working of this miracle. This is real. This is not a hologram. <laughs> this, this is actually real. You touch him. You take off the bandage. You, you have a look. This is real. This is the power of God. This is the power of God. You know, Jesus came in a time when Lazarus needed. Lazarus is not recorded as being anything special. There's no record of Lazarus as being uh, like uh, one that did good works or, or did anything. Because sometimes we feel that Jesus only helps those that have done good things by him. There's no record that he recorded here that he did anything or said anything of any importance. But Jesus raised him from the dead. So I want you to have confidence this morning that God can deal with your issue regardless of how you feel you are in line with him or out of him. He will meet you at your point of need. In fact, the name Lazarus comes from a name which means one who God helps. That's what his name means. And God helped him. and God will help you. But this morning, the miracle was in that place. Jesus already had him raised before the stone was rolled away. 
But the miracle was only revealed when the stone was rolled away. I wonder this morning, what's blocking your miracle? What's blocking the miracle from your life that you need to roll out the way? Is it unbelief? Is it disappointment? Is it fear? Is it unforgiveness? There's so many things that can be a block from us seeing the miracle that God has before us. It's like a big stone in front of us. We've got to remove that stone this morning. Jesus has all power and authority to do that. But we need to position ourselves. We need to take that stone out the way to receive. And I know there's people here this morning that need to receive something from him. Whether it's salvation, whether it's healing, whether it's uh, provision of some sort. It's not until you actually go to a place like Jesus said, only believe and you shall see. Now, believing it doesn't mean wishful thinking. You know, some people think believing is like, oh, yeah, I hope so. You know, cross our legs and fingers and hope it'll all happen. That's, that's baloney. Faith is knowing without a doubt, without a shadow of doubt, whatever Jesus said, what God said will happen. When you have that confidence, that level of confidence, it will take place. But when we start going, oh, I don't know, could he? You know, is he a bit busy? I don't know, he might be a bit busy to do something for me today. Um, when we start putting those sort of thoughts and ideas in our head, the faith just disperses. It just doesn't really go anywhere. We need to actually have confidence. We believe. We believe. We believe. We believe. And no matter what you see, you still believe. We had our meeting, uh, Connect Group meeting a week or so ago, and, and I was just saying to the guys, we're going to pray, and we to guys to pray uh, for Steve that was there with a leg issue. And I said, look, let's just believe. We're going to believe. And we've got to take out this thing about us. See, sometimes we get in the way of it all. Sometimes we get in the way from the miracle because we're working out how are we going to do it? How am I going to pray for this person? And what if it doesn't work like I think? And it's all I, 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 I. And, uh, but the thing is, when we take ourselves out and allow Jesus in, Jesus does the miracle. And we need to be in that position this morning to look to Jesus. Not to your circumstances, look to Jesus. Because if you see your circumstances, your faith will go down like a lead balloon. How's this ever going to happen? I'm in debt. How's this ever going to happen? I'm sick. Um, you know. But when we look to Jesus, we go, all things are possible. All things. That means everything. All things means everything. All things are possible to he who believes. I just want you to close your eyes this morning as we come to a close. Jesus clearly demonstrated who he was. He was the Son of God, the living God himself. He came to this planet to die, to pay for the price for our sins, something we could not pay on our own. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The most important gift that you can receive this morning is that life in Him, in Jesus. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, you don't know what it's like to have your sins forgiven, to have that relationship with Him. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. And it's just one prayer away. The prayer of repentance, acceptance of Him. If that's you in this place this morning, Wherever you are, just raise your hand. I will see that and I want to pray for you. Put it up and put it back down again if that's you in this place. If you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
Or perhaps once you made him your Lord and Savior and you just wandered away and you're going, I'm not quite sure if I'm right with God, but I need to be. Or if you're just, just not sure, it doesn't matter. Jesus is here this morning for you. Jesus is reaching out to you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So if you're feeling that tug of the heart this morning, that's Jesus touching you. and You need to respond. Just raise your hands. I'll see that. You can put it back down and I'll just pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. See that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. But you know what? He's not only our Savior, He's our healer. And um, we're going to play a last song in a minute. We're all going to stand in a second. And as we do in this last song, if you need healing, I want you to come forward. We're going to lay hands on you. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We're going to believe that. We're going to believe that Jesus is going to do that miracle working power. The same power that raised Lazarus from the dead is available this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But this morning, I want to join in together. We love to do this because we don't want to miss anyone. We're going to say a prayer of salvation together. And uh, I don't want to miss anyone. So that's why let's all join in together. Let's do this together. Say after me, uh, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn now from my sins and invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you now. Amen. If you said that for the first time or you're just rededicating, come see us afterwards. We'd love to pray with you on that. But for everyone else, if you could just write could all stand right now we're going to finish off with this song and as i said just feel free to come forward if you need healing we're going to believe god's going to touch you and look you may have said hey i came out the week before or the week before that and it's still there you know still there. hey it doesn't matter we got to believe faith has no time limit on it i'll tell you faith is believing Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Keep believing, keep believing, keep believing. And your miracle's on its way. Amen.